This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. There are lots of groups around the U.S. who fight every day for hunters' rights. The people who dig into state legislation and form coalitions. Well, you're about to hear from two of them. Brian and Bruce are both employees of the Sportsman's Alliance a non-profit that is essentially built to keep hunting, fishing, and trapping alive. Doesn't matter if you're blue or red, if you're against any of those activities, they are against you. This is a hell of a conversation, discussing trapping, specifically since trapping legislation is alive and well in New Mexico, Oregon, Colorado, Massachusetts, New York. We talked about the need for coyote killing contests. It gets pretty deep. Bruce and Brian are the guys pushing the stone every day, fighting for us. You need to get to know them. So here it is. All right, so we finally are on the same page. Last week, I was asleep, literally gone, out of, out of out of commission and I wake up to texts from Brian saying, are we on? And I've got emails and if you get to know me and Brian's gotten to know me a little bit, I'm the most German person you know. I am German to the core. Like I am, if, if it's an eight o'clock meeting, I am here at 7.54 because early is on time for me. And so the fact that I missed our meeting just absolutely destroyed me, as you saw in my text messages back to you guys. Well, I'm so glad that, you know, finally we've gotten to speak. I've spoken to Brian a number of times on the phone. Bruce, I haven't had the pleasure of talking with you. Um, but I feel like obviously we are aligned, very much aligned in who we are and what we are trying to do. And that's simply defending hunting and defending hunters regardless if I think Brian you said if uh, when we first spoke it doesn't matter if you're blue it doesn't matter if you're red if you're against hunting we're coming after you yep exactly yeah. you know defend that the North American model you know it doesn't matter both sides can introduce bad bills 
Exactly. Well, I normally uh, get chastised for doing such a piss poor effort of introducing people because I just typically run off down a rabbit hole. So how about Bruce, why don't I let you introduce yourself first and then we'll turn it over to Brian. Sure. Uh, so I'm Bruce Tagg, um, Vice President of Government Affairs for the Sportsman's Alliance. Our shop, we monitor legislation at the local, state, and federal level in all 50 states. And of course, at the federal level down in D.C. And we get involved in lawsuits. Um, as I'm sure you're aware, grizzlies in the past, wolves in the past, recent case over in New Jersey, the black bear. Rules, regulations, we'll weigh in on commission rules and regulations, and this is our busy season. So when you fell asleep the other night, um, Brian and I actually, Dang, or not, Dang. We, we actually sat on here and talked to each other. As you know, Brian's out on the left coast in the state of Washington. And Did I'm you in say the left land. coast or west coast? left coast okay 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 you know Just when i'm sure. in ohio and i look north it's it's left so it's the left coast and and the german's good I, i'm german as well so we do have a lot in common well pleased to meet you bruce brian uh i'm brian lynn i am vp of marketing and communications for the sportsman's alliance i've been with us for six years now i believe uh my background is all in media uh working with media, writing, doing podcasts, uh, digital, social, whatever. Um, was with ESPNoutdoors.com for six years, uh, running the conservation website for them where I got to work with all of our great hunting conservation groups. Uh, I was with uh, Outdoor Life magazine for a couple of years, Gundog editor, uh, you know, all that. So print, digital, everything else. And so, Anything you see that's going out the door from the Sportsman's Alliance comes through my department and uh, we put our touches on it and talk to folks like you and try to get the word out, and mobilize people and, you know, drum up support for what Bruce is doing. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I think we've, you know, we started this idea of, of pushing a new message. Uh, you guys were the first person we reached out to and there's naturally a synergy there between the two of us um that we quite enjoy and i think you guys enjoy and we're going to continue and grow and and keep doing the good good fight and bruce to your point about this is the busy season i, I think a lot of people wouldn't quite understand what that means you know it feels like right now that it's just wave after wave after wave right and people are like wow this is this must be the new administration this must be the biden administration coming at us already the answer is no, right? The answer is absolutely no. Um, from January to May of this year, um, every legislature in the country is dropping bills. The new administration, you know, the first couple hundred days, you know, they've got certain stuff they do. They're in the process of trying to get a new interior secretary named and EPA and all those things. but all 50 state legislatures are in right now. And we, uh, you know, don't quote me on this, but we've reviewed easily well over a thousand bills. It could be north of 2000. And we, we segment them into certain issues. Could be um, one of the new things the last couple of years is an animal abuse registry. So it's kind of like a pedophile uh, registry. If you get convicted of, of animal abuse, They're, they want to create these registries. There's always dog tethering, dog housing bills, um, anti-trap bills, which I know uh, we're gonna we're gonna hit hit hit, hit a couple of those. And right you're and you're specifically going after. You're looking at those dog bills and anti, those those animal abuse bills just in case there are any riders or slip-ins tied yes. to hunting, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. A lot of our folks are, are, are sporting dog and, and hobby breeders as well, right? So they've got, you know, beagles that they breed and they hunt with them and a piece of legislation comes up says you can't hunt with dogs. Well, if it's not a specific species or a specific type of dogs, that language means you can't hunt with a dog. So you can't pursue rabbit with beagle or, or coons with a coon hound. So we are constantly looking at, at every piece of legislation that could potentially uh, even come close 
to harming our heritage of hunting, fishing, and trapping. The antis are getting very smart. Um, when we get into the trapping stuff, um, I'll explain to you one of the things they're doing right now. And if you don't mind, I'll just go right into it. If, if go for it. Go so, for it. So one of the things that they're doing is, is historically they'll ban conibear traps or you know snares, this, that, and the other thing. Well, last year, last legislative cycle and a couple states in this cycle, what they're doing is they're banning fur products. So you can't sell a fur product in the state or, or you can't sell any pelt or anything. So you're putting, you're putting any of your um, hobby trappers, uh, commercial trappers, um, you're putting them out of business because they, they can't sell the pelts. And so... But, but hold on, Bruce. Can't, isn't, the, isn't the fur market so depressed right now that that wouldn't even make a difference? It's, come on, let's be real. It's like six bucks a, a fur. So, well, let, let, let me. I'll give you a perfect example. And, and and as you might be aware or not, we have a big anti-trapping bill down in New Mexico right now. It's Senate Bill Thirty Two. They're trying to Correct. ban trapping on on public land. So let's just take that step by step. That has yep. come out of the the committee. It's now in judiciary, right? It's now in the judiciary committee. Yep. Yep. And explain and so, the process now. All right. So the bill was introduced. Um, we, you know, we grow a coalition, find uh, friends, neighbors, partners, family members, whoever who live in the state of New Mexico, and we write, write in, make phone calls, um, and explain to them, you know, why this is bad. Some of the argument is, okay, it's cruel, humane. They, they, they don't believe in science unless it suits them. So they throw the North American model out, which clearly states that trapping is a very important part of wildlife management. Um, they throw that out. They say, oh, it's cruel or this, that, their thing. And as you said, it's not profitable. Well, actually, um, when we put an alert out last week that it had passed the committee and moved into to judiciary and we were going to target them, Brian actually got um, an, an individual on Instagram that reached out to him and said, I'm, I'm behind you guys 100%. I'm a college student and I trap to help pay my bills. So you could say, well, it's only $6 a pelt or this or that or the other thing. Well, if his books cost him $200 a semester and he's able to harvest 30 animals at six bucks a piece, right? He's almost all the way there. He's 180 bucks. I'm not a mathematician. I'm a, I'm a you know, rules, regulations, and legal language guy, but it does matter. It does matter. And I mean, let's not forget too, particularly your trappers they're the most re they're the most regulated of any sportsman and woman out there it's very highly regulated um and they believe 100 percent the north american model they believe the job that they are doing is helping to maintain healthy species and habitats um and, and doing everyone else uh, the favor of being able to go out into the woods and seeing healthy populations of fox or beaver or, or anything like that. That's the, the other, the other dirty secret is, and Brian and I, we actually laugh about this sometimes is when you ban trapping, let's say, so that last year they banned trapping everything in California, right? Guess who has to pay to eradicate the animals, the taxpayers. So instead of you, Brian and I, giving the state money for a permit and trapping free, tax-free, right? You and I and Brian are going out harvesting the animals. Now, California Department of Wildlife, whenever pay they get someone. a phone call, has to pay someone to go kill a beaver or a raccoon or a fox or a rabid coyote. Humane Society, the other, they don't care about that. It's the optical they're looking at the optical. Oh, they're such cute animals. We shouldn't do these things. Funny thing is in California is, and again, don't quote me on this. We've been through so much over the last year, but I think it was a $10 million appropriation. When California banned um, trapping, they, had, they have had and still do had a nutria problem. And Governor Newsom had to go back to the legislature to get $10 million to continue with the eradication of nutria. It just goes to show you where their heads are. It right, just right. It, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's all 
you know, Brian, do you want to add anything? It's just insane. Well, Brian, let me ask this question. Let me pose a question to you, Brian. Isn't trapping antiquated though? Isn't it something that was tied to the old West back in the twenties and thirties and forties? It's just not something we need anymore. And, and I'll add one more layer onto that, that <laughs> trapping is, it's humane, it's inhumane, right? It's super cruel to animals. Like they get their legs cut, you know, caught and they break their legs on the traps and they can stay there for days and nobody's really checking the traps. That's all true, right, Brian? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> that, that's the optic and the PR they want you to believe. Um, as far as being inhumane, I mean, there's any number of videos you can pull up on YouTube and watch people put their hands in their traps. Uh, the fact is, the greatest irony of it all is, is for it to be inhumane, it's saved a lot of endangered species, whether that is trapping the predators that are eating the endangered species, such as the whooping crane, or catching animals such as wolves, grizzly bears, and lynx, and transporting them into a new area. It's not like they're going out there and hand feeding these things and putting a collar on them and dragging them down to Colorado and putting them down there. You know, they're trapped. So if it's humane enough for biologists to do studies and states and governments to transfer populations of animals, why is it not humane enough for the average man to do? As far as being antiquated, no. You know, I mean, that's the, the romantic vision of this and what they like to portray, you know, their, their whole vision is that, you know, we need to evolve and we've gotten past this. It's frankly just BS. I mean, it's, uh, we spend millions, tens of millions of dollars, the government does, on trapping beavers and other animals that cause infrastructure damage. We're looking at, oh, what is it? You know, I mean, t I'm talking $30 million or more trapping beavers for just, you know, some areas, you know, to, to keep the, the soundness of bridges and roads so we can have that infrastructure to move to work and move grain and move food, you know, for society, uh, rabies, everything else. Like the, the trapping is the front line and the first step of the North American model, you know, and that keeps us safe, keeps us healthy, and keeps our, our society moving. You remove that, which they're doing, it's going to cost the taxpayer and the general public much, much more with a lot more failures, and we're all going to suffer for it. And as soon as they finish with that, they're coming after hunting. So, hey, Brian, Robert. Yeah. Hey, Robert. Well, hold on, hold on, Bruce, before you say anything more, the only person that calls me Robert is my mother when she's mad at me. <laughs> so I'm not mad at you. Please, Robbie. 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 Yes, sir. Let me ask you this. Yeah. New Mexico, mm -hmm. Nevada, terrible, terrible, terrible urban coyote populations. Terrible. They're eating pets, harassing children, harassing other people. What would you rather have? Someone coming in there with a 30-odd six to take out a problem coyote? or setting a trap. Well, so is it antiquated? The, Heck no. Is it needed? Absolutely. Well, I think that's the point, right? Is that this idea, and, and you guys have talked about it a little bit, is that when you ban something, ban mountain lion hunting in the state of California, more mountain lions are killed today than probably were hunted, i.e. they're still being killed. It's not that the ban stops them being killed. And so you take a trapping ban, for example. And I agree with you, Brian. I th you know, there's, there's people put their hands in their traps. They put triple swivels on there so that the animal can move freely. There's all sorts of things because at the end of the day, trappers are wildlife lovers. They want to see wildlife. And there's certain wildlife that they don't want to trap. Like in Texas, for example, if they catch a bobcat, maybe that's not the target species and they let the bobcat go. So there's got to be means, as you explained, ways to trap animals to keep them alive, to then be able to release them or move them or translocate them. But the counter to it, which is what you've just been saying, is ban trapping. Okay, ban trapping. Then what are you going to do with the problem nuisance animal 
that now is a is well, with the predator that has now become a problem nuisance animal. You're right. going to have to trap them. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll take it one step further. And this is what's happening in Colorado right now. They've already done away with trapping and, and live traps were left to catch nuisance animals to fix this problem. Now there, there's legislation before, before uh, Colorado right now to take away the live traps. Like there, it's, there's, they will never be appeased. There isn't that they just want to stop one type of method one time. They want to stop it all. So let me talk, let me ask you this, Brian, because you're, you're in sort of my field, uh, which is a message field. What message do we need to start thinking about to maybe stem the tide of these, these, let's talk specifically trapping. What are we not saying? If we had to put ourselves in the shoes of us in five years time, 10 years time, we say, man, we wish we had said that five years ago, 10 years ago. What is it? What is this message that we need to push out there that helps us say, convince that non-hunting majority block that what is happening from a trapping perspective it's, is it's, good, is good environmentally. Go on, go on. I'm, don't want to answer for you. Yeah, no, it's tough. I mean, it really, from a messaging standpoint, it's hard because of the emotional baggage that animals bring, you know, that people bring with animals, you know, it, it, whether it's big megafauna like wolves and grizzlies or smaller bobcats and coyotes and whatever, it is very tough because people have this image of trapping and, you know, the, the conibear traps and the big, you know, bear traps with big gnarly teeth. And, you know, they, they don't know the truth and it's hard to, it's hard to get that out there. Um, from a messaging, the big upper level standpoint that they have to understand before we can get down into educating them is that, we all want the same thing. We all want healthy wildlife and more wildlife. We don't want unnecessary suffering and damage to animals or overall damage to the populations. This actually keeps it healthier, you know, and then you can move into carrying capacity. I mean, my girlfriend, you know, wasn't real fond of hunting before she met me. <laughs> and I started telling her about the California mountain lion issue and the mountain lion issues we have here in Washington state. The animals are still killed and they're wasted. Mm -hmm. The meat's not used, the hide's not used, they're thrown away, you know? Mm -hmm. And I start giving her numbers and she's like, oh, oh. Then they start to realize, oh, okay. And then when you hit the carrying capacity of the land, then you can start talking to them about only a couple of things are going to happen when you maximize the carrying capacity of the land. Is disease is going to set in or starvation is going to set in, or they're going to move into other areas where habitat and prey is easier, i.e. the suburbs. So when, you know, and then you can start talking to them on this level and we all have to do it. You know, you and I can reach people, but we can't have that intimate conversation one-on-one. -on -one. So it's incumbent upon every sportsman out there, hunter, trapper, angler, whatever, to understand this and talk about that, talk to that sphere of influence around you and educate them, even if it's just a little bit, a little right. bit, of, you know, it doesn't have to be whole on acceptance. If they can just question, question it and come to you down the road or ask other questions that then spurs that conversation, we have to do that on a mass scale. That's tough to do. And it's hard to break through with some of the huge messaging. So it's up to each of us to do it. Bruce, any thoughts? Yeah, no, Brian hit on it. Education is the key. Our legislators have no idea. I, I guarantee you 75% of the elected officials uh, countrywide have no idea what the North American model of conservation is. No clue. I, I'd be willing to bet you whatever, a cup of coffee. Um, secondly, um, Brian and That's I. It's not a very big bet. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say a hundred dollar bottle of whiskey. <laughs> That'll work. That'll work. Um, you know, they've taken any sort of that type of education out of schools. There's a couple states here recently that are trying to put hunters ed back into schools, but 
generation upon generation, probably after the 50s, 60s, um, what's that fancy word that Disney did, uh, Brian, where they, they bring the animals alive to make it, give them human characteristics? Anthropomorphism. Okay. So they utilize that to um, say that anything that a, that a human feels or if, it, if a human's crying, so is a deer. If, you know, and, and so you've got generations of people that don't understand the balance, right? They don't understand the balance of having too much wildlife does bad things. Having too little does bad things. The whole ecosystem, it's every deer out there is Bambi. Every rabbit's thumper. Right. And, and, and as Brian said before, claw tooth bear traps have been banned for, I don't, I don't know how long they, they don't exist. They're illegal. But if you look at what the humane society and these other groups, when they're putting flyers out and sending it out to legislators to, to spout their lies and they do lie, they straight up lie. Um, they have a picture of the cartoon bear trap. They're illegal. You can't use them. They don't exist. They're mm -hmm. leg hold traps. Like Brian said, you can put your hand in there. You can be very selective with, 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 with your harvest. As you said, you get up there, you're, maybe you're doing beaver. There's a bobcat in there. Boop. You let this, you know, put a board in front of you so he doesn't bite you, but <laughs> you let him go. Right. Um, and it, it's, it starts with the education because Brian said you and he can, you know, you can, talk to your blue in the face until someone experiences it or has more of an education. We're, we're just going to continue to go down this road of more and more people just believing what they, what they hear on Facebook and wherever else. Yeah, no, I'm with you guys. I'm absolutely with you. I think the, I I'll take it one step further. The education component from our perspective is thinking outside the box to the message, right? Thinking outside the box to what is that message that the collective community, like you talked about that sphere of influence, what do they preach? Teaching them a rhetoric. It's sort of a peer pressured rhetoric. You see, Brian, you see me talking in a certain way. You see me commenting in a certain way. That's what, you know, it's amicable conversations. Don't come at it like, you know, chest beating bravado because that hasn't worked in the past. It's still not working today. So. Let's be a little bit more kind. Let's be a little bit more understanding. Hey, I hate trapping. Okay, I completely understand why you hate trapping. Because you probably believe X, Y, Z. But do you know that X, Y, Z is actually doesn't exist anymore? Oh, wow. Last night, I had a podcast with a guy out of Southern California who put a big leopard picture on his, on his post and I got pulled into it. And the guy was amicable about, you know, what he was doing. And I said, do you realize X, Y, Z? And he's like, man, I don't know. That's the first time I've ever heard of that. And I said, well, do you want a podcast with me? Last night on the podcast, he said, man, I'm so sorry for posting that. It was just an emotional response for me. And now that you've talked to me, man, I understand. He even went to the person's page that the post was about and apologized through a DM. Excellent. It's one by one. One by one, but it's all rhetoric and thinking outside the box. For instance, like I can envision, you know, we've, we've the standard infographics, right? You've, you've, we, we could probably list off our hand, what are the types of infographics you see constantly? Why haven't we seen an infographic about that bear claw trap and go, illegal, doesn't occur? You know, it's almost just like this little seed planting, even in our community. I bet you, you ask eight out of 10 hunters, if the claw traps are illegal, I don't know if hunters know that they're, they don't exist anymore. There, there's another problem in there in that at times we're at odds with ourselves, mm. you know, and that's, and, and I understand it, but it's something we have to rectify somehow within our own ranks. You mean fighting, find hunters, but fighting each other, right? Yeah, you know, and and when it comes to trapping, a lot of, you know, a lot of bird dog folks, you know, are are, are worried about it. You know, if it's snares or whatever, they worry about their dog going into heavy cover down the same coyote trail, 
and them not being able to find them or get there in time. I mean, there's mm-hmm. been times my dog has been in a heavy cover and I'm like, whoa, whoa, where'd he go? You know, and it crosses your mind. Right. You know? So it's also educating our guys, you know, and getting the two groups to talk. So the bird dog guys do defend trapping, mm-hmm. you know. Because and that's what when trapping goes, they're going to go after the bird dogs. You know, they already go after hounds. It's just a small step to the to the bird dogs. Mm-hmm. And 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 that causes a little hiccup in what I do, Robbie. So let's use New Mexico Senate Bill Thirty Two, right? So it's a it's a trapping bill, right? Yep, yep. We have a great coalition. We've got ag groups. We've got hunting groups. Uh, we we literally have a huge coalition that I'm actually very proud of, and we're doing good stuff down there. A lot of times what will happen, though, is you talked about the coyote contest a little bit earlier before yeah, we started. Yeah, use that as an example. Yeah. So when a slew of these came out last year. And I'll be completely honest with you before you get going. I yeah. don't know where I stand with coyote contests. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm more than happy to, to steer you clear on, on the right way to be on that. But as an example, when we start reaching out to groups, right, to build a coalition, your deer hunter may say, oh, that's not, my, that's not really my issue. I'm not interested. Trappers say, that's not really my interest. And your mm-hmm. predator hunters, obviously, right, mm-hmm. it's an issue mm-hmm. for them. Some of your deer hunters, baby, you know, coyotes killing fawns and all that. But yep. It's hard. A lot of the times it's hard to get all of our folks aligned to fight something because as Brian kind of said before, meh, not really my issue. Well, guess what? Once that issue is done, once trapping's illegal everywhere, then they're going to go after white-tailed deer. Then the white-tailed deer folks are going to say, we need help. And they're going to go to the trappers and say, can you help us? The trappers say, well, we don't exist anymore and it's not really my issue. So, you know, um, and, and it makes it a challenge from the legislative perspective when you're trying to fight legislation because of precedence to get everyone on the same page. And of all of the groups, the trappers probably realize the most because they're the low hanging fruit and they're being attacked all the time from every angle possible. I'll give you an a example with the coyote contest as well last year in New Mexico. So the land commissioner down there, she single handedly. Um, banned coyote contests and then they had further gone through with some legislative stuff but we set up an initial conference call and I had the trappers on there and everyone said yep we understand what the legislation does and all that we'll get back to you trappers called me back they said you know we've got some other irons in the fire here Uh, not so sure you know this is an issue for us well the way that they write some of this language is it doesn't necessarily have to be this big old contest that you know, the opposition throws out there and says, it's murdering, killing fields, it's 5,000 coyotes. It's sometimes it's basic language where if the three of us go out and place a friendly bet, that $100 bottle of bourbon, that would be considered a contest. And three of us could go to jail, be heavily fined. Well, the definition in, in New Mexico for killing an animal is trapping and hunting. It literally says trapping in there. So when the trappers called me back, I said, well, not, not necessarily really our issue. I said, you do realize that if any of you guys are out and you say, Joe, whoever crash, catches the biggest beaver or whatever, I said, you're breaking that contest rule. Well, we thought it was only coyotes. And I said, it doesn't matter whether it's coyotes or not. The way they wrote the language, this is any, any animal. They're using the coyote as the thing. In other states, it would have banned field trials, big buck contests, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. Humane Society is not stupid. They've got millions and millions of dollars. They've got lobbyists probably in every state house in the country, and they've got lawyers, right? And so what they're doing is they're putting the worst possible language up there to ban as many things as they can and hope that folks like us and Rocky Mountain Elk and Turkey and NRA and NSSF don't catch it, right? They're trying to kill everything, kill every bird with one stone, and we have to be efficient and diligent enough to literally go through that line by line and say, no, this isn't necessarily about coyote contests in general. This bill, the way it's written, is going to ban any contest where one or more people say, if you get a bigger buck than me, I'm, I'm going to buy you dinner. 
it's illegal. Yeah. Interesting. So what's your issue with the coyote contest? So I don't, I don't know if I have, look, my, I, I don't know where I stand and I'm being completely honest because I just, I haven't been around them. All I've seen is what you typically see as the imagery that comes out of these contests. Okay. Is a shit ton of animals are killed. Um, seems like, you know, this I'm a predator prey kind of guy as well, but is there a, and I understand the idea of, and this is why I'm stumbling over my words because it's almost like I understand certain mechanisms by which when you go and take one swoop uh, in terms of uh, hunting a certain species happens in Spain, like red stag and, and boar, they, they hunt it once, one time, they kill a lot and they sort of back out of the area. You know, I don't know the science behind the need for one-time lots of predator control versus, you know, multiple nights with predator control. And I, I think I'm somebody because I, again, I haven't, read, I haven't read up on it. I haven't researched it. Yeah. I really am unfamiliar with it. Yeah. I, I'll tell you what the issue is, Robbie. The issue is not that the three of us go out and we kill 20 coyotes. That's not what the issue is. The issue is, is that we're, doing, we're having a, a bet or prizes awarded to it. That's what it is. It's the fun of, of the hunt that they have issue with. And let me tell you why. Number one, any coyote that exists west of the Mississippi is an invasive species. They're not native to that part of this country. What mm -hmm. do we typically do with evasive species? You can take them out. Take them out. That's one. Number two, I'm not aware of any state, um, and I want to be careful how I say this. Me personally, I'm not aware of any state that has a bag limit on coyotes. So what they have an issue with is that the local sporting goods store is offering you a shotgun or a $50 gift card if you get the most coyotes or you get the biggest coyote or you get the gray whitest coyote, okay? Now, if there was no, so in a, con, in a contest setting, the three of us go out and we kill 50 coyotes, right? You win a prize, Brian wins a prize, I win a prize, right? That's in a contest setting, okay? The next Saturday, same place, same state, no bet. You, Brian, and I go out and kill 50 coyotes because there's no bag limit, because they're, 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 they're so healthy and abundant, okay? So that's the problem there. The problem is, is they don't want anyone having fun. Well, let me, uh, let me be in a prize for it. Yeah, well, let, let, me, let me push, and Brian, just for a second. Should we be hunting for a prize, though? Here, that, that's, you know, that's where we, people stumble over it. Right. It's not, I, I wouldn't, from a messaging standpoint, say prize and fun and all that, right. because that is for piss poor optics. Correct. Right. It's, it's private incentivization to hunt. They don't have a problem if we all went out there together and killed, like Bruce said, killed the same number of coyotes. But if, we, if we're incentivized to do so, whether it's monetary or ribbons or whatever else, right. organized, and these things take place usually over a weekend or whatever, over a geographical area, you know, um, several nights. The problem is the, they're trying to remove the incentivization. It's the same thing, same tactic you see with the import and possession bans for big yeah. African big game. Yeah. Remove the incentive, you remove the activity, you know, or penalize the incentive to stop it. But again i love the irony and how their their logic never holds up at the end you know they want to remove private incentivization for this management tool yet they're willing to have the public taxpayer pay for the government to do the exact same thing mm -hmm. it wasn't that long ago that there was a bounty the state governments had bounties on coyotes some of them still do brian yeah so that yeah. someone have bounties on there and you can be rewarded and incentivized to kill the coyote 
from the government, but private citizens can't do it. Didn't South Carolina, what was, was it South Carolina who put the tags in the code this year that if you got a tag coded, you got a thousand bucks or 2000 bucks? Yep, and I believe that's still, I believe that bounty's still in place. And I know Mississippi, I think, had a contest on pigs. Like, you know, so it's, 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 it is quite interesting you say that. And, and I think, again, I'm, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate for a little bit here, but yeah. it, 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 is the, it is the predator element of the coyote that incentivizes the rhetoric that's coming out of the anti-hunting establishment. You won't hear them say the th same thing about pigs. Well, they'll get there. Yeah. Give me time. They'll get there. You know, uh, They'll get there. coyotes look like dogs. So mm -hmm. people have that emotional baggage tied to a coyote that looks like a dog. <clears throat> and, you know, uh, so, so you have to overcome that. That, that makes coyotes an easier target um, than bacon. Uh, so, but, you know, the, the, again, the irony is that it doesn't matter. There's no limits on coyotes, you know, but it's being incentivized that they're trying to stop so they can try to stop the action and then paint everybody with the same broad brush, you know, uh, that they catch on video. So who else right now? We know New Mexico is actively pushing a trapping um, piece of legislation. Anyone else pushing a, a trapping piece of legislation? Yeah. So the Colorado um, Game Commission, Wildlife Commission, as Brian um, alluded to, uh, will be hearing uh, a ban on the only trapping left there. They've tried the last couple of years uh, to do it legislatively, do it through the commission, um, and that's coming back up. So we'll need we'll need anyone and everyone who lives in Colorado go to our website. We'll have information up here soon on who they can contact, what they can do. Oregon is back with a beaver ban on public land. They tried last year. Uh, we were able to defeat it with a good coalition up there. That's another important one. Um, there's bills all across the country. There are some good, there are some good bills. There are uh, bills that are lowering the age that, that folks can get into trapping, introducing traps that may have been banned in the past. Brian had mentioned snares. One of the states has a, wants to reintroduce the snare. There's, there's, then there's bans in Massachusetts that have come out that want to ban trapping as well. And again, there's a couple states, and this is very important, where they've tried to ban trapping and ourselves and NTA, FTA, and other sportsmen's groups have been able to beat them back. So what they're doing now is they're banning fur. They're banning the trade of fur within the state. So if you're a trapper, it might not say it's, you can't trap. They may not ban trapping, but then you get into the argument of want and waste and all this. If you're just trapping to trap, right? What, what, what are you doing with the, with the pelt? What are you doing with the, with the meat? All of that. So right. again, they, they, they twist and turn and try to figure out ways to do it. And you know, the only, the only way you're allowed to have fur is if it's used and, you know, if someone had it beforehand, like, like, like the bear behind Brian, since he has that, he could use that or something, but no one else could trap a bear moving forward and, and utilize any of the pelt or anything. The big ones right now though, are Oregon, Colorado, and New Mexico. And, and all of your listeners and friends and family, we really need to stop this because California, right. now you can't trap at all. New Mexico's next if this bill passes. Washington. Colorado could be a testing ground as well. They've been trying that there a couple of years. So no trapping in Washington, Brian. Nope. No, nope. yeah, Washington either. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, just to give a quick rundown, uh, you know, not to step on Bruce's department there, but the quick Cliffs version, you know, Hawaii, New York, Oregon, Rhode Island, Washington have the fur trade ban. Uh, yeah. Certain types of traps in New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut are up for banning in New Mexico, uh, Oregon beaver, of course, and Maryland, and then Alaska, uh, allowing municipalities to to uh, ban or regulate traps, yeah. which is a tactic we've seen, whether it's firearms, trapping, hunting, or anything, is to basically preemption 
and allow municipalities to regulate these. So you have a patchwork of municipalities mm -hmm. regulating this stuff. And you may cross that border or you're driving through there and all of a sudden you're breaking the law. Yeah. No, no preemption. Connecticut's got one too that's going to prohibit foothold and, and body gripping traps. That that one popped up last year. We were able to, to work with folks and, and defeat that. A new one popped up in Illinois. I think it was today. We're digging in the research, but they want to remove bobcat as as a fur bear that you can legally harvest in in Illinois. So, like Brian said, it it runs the gamut um, from either banning the trap itself or removing species. It's just it's a never-ending battle. A lot of times, folks will ask me what I do, and and I tell them I said, well, I get up in the morning. And on a night like tonight, it's what, 10 o'clock my time. So I get up six o'clock, I push a boulder up a hill all day and I go home whatever time I can this, this time of year, it's usually quite late. And I wake up in the morning, guess where that boulder is? Back down the bottom. the bottom of the hill. And I put my shoulder in and I start pushing it up the hill and get, keep going, keep going, keep going. I come home, wake up the next morning, it's at the bottom of the hill. They're never going to stop. They're never going to stop. They've publicly come out and said, what's that quote, Brian? I know you know it. You have it memorized. Yeah. Uh, species by species. We're going to use the democratic process in the ballot box to ban hunting species by species starting in California, and then we'll take it state by state. That was Wayne Vaselli in 1990 when he was the CEO of Fund for Animals before he merged Funds for Animals and the Humane Society of the United States to create the largest anti-hunting organization in the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let, me, let me end with this. I'll pose a question, because I've been thinking about this. Have we, just, have we thought about turning the tables, i.e. gaining our own ground, going back to the states where we've lost trapping, Washington State, and introducing a small trapping piece of legislation and almost trying to like claw back the ground instead of constantly pushing back against all the bills that are coming on us where where are our bills i'll i'll say something and bruce can take it from the political side uh one it is happening like here okay. in washington state they took bait they took hounds and they took trapping i mean we're we're California junior, you know, up here in Washington state. We've got a hound training season back, you know, and so we can train the, the hounds that to work, you know, so we're taking a little bit back, but the stuff is taken by ballot initiative. The only way to really institute it back is to run a ballot initiative. Mm -hmm. The legislature can't do a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Only small pieces you can take back. Mm -hmm. So to do that is, a three to five million dollar investment and nobody in the or in in the industry has that kind of cash flow to do it we have the richest people in the world in our industry yeah don't do that well so first so first <laughs> get five million dollars from them to say we're going to try to do this in washington state that was a little bit of an ob exaggeration i understand that's why i, I asked understand. you who it is <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to meet him <laughs> so on top of the monetary issue is your messaging issue. What's your message? I want to kill more mountain lions. Right. How is that going to play in downtown Seattle and the I five corridor? Right. How's that going to play in the big cities? Well, here's this bill. I mean, it's just easy. Well, that's just smart. That's just being smart. Then instead of talking about killing more animals, that's saying we need to man we need to manage the things that are killing fluffball. That's why you're having an issue with fluffball. Bring us back. We're happy to help you. We're happy and to help. At some point, it may hit that saturation market, but that's a long way down the road. And by then, by the time it hits that, more than likely our ungulate populations are going to be destroyed. Right. You know. Right. And so, and the and still your downtown Seattle ones, which we talked about, you know, San Francisco Scott Weiner, you know, with the bear ban in California. There isn't a bear going down to the discos on the wharf, hanging out, kicking it at a techno, you know, techno spot. 
you know, they don't have to worry about it. It's the ones further out on that fringe mm -hmm. that are the ones that are going to be targeted. And there's not enough of them to make a mass difference mm -hmm. at the voting at the voting block. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. From the political side, you know, you have a lot of state legislatures are moving to the left, particularly in larger states that have, you know, more urban populations and in large suburbs. And like Brian said, it takes something bad to happen before someone will say, well, geez, why, why, why aren't we killing all the coyotes? Fluffy, I've had three fluffies eaten in the last four or five days. The other thing is the media is not on our side. They are, they are not on our side because their narrative and, and what they're pushing is, is not what we believe in and what we're trying to protect. And so we don't get a fair shake. We maybe we'll get one letter to the editor in the Albuquerque newspaper versus 10 from the antis. And you can't fix that. There's nothing you can do to fix that. They're either going to print it or they're not. Right. All right. You know, currently, right now, all of the majority of the states we're working in, there's no in-person meetings, right? So you got to do a Zoom call. A lot of the com committee hearings, due to technology and all that, they're only allowing five people, 10 people to speak, proponent and opponent. Where normally in a normal setting in a committee hearing room in any state capital, you could get two, 300 people that come in, limit them a minute or whatever. So they're monopolizing on on the COVID as well. You would think, right? Most normal people would think with all of the fear out there about COVID and what it's done to the economy, this and that, that every legislature in this country, including the federal government, would be worried about getting folks back to work, making sure our schools are open. No. The same volume, if not even more, because we, we're not done with states dropping legislation, anti-hunting, fishing, and trapping legislation, we're on pace to beat last year. You see what I'm saying? So, so their agenda has not stopped. It hasn't slowed down. They haven't made a 180 or anything. They are pedal to the metal, throwing the old corn to it, and they're, they're just speeding down the highway trying to do everything and anything they can. So and the... So the three people that are listening to us. <laughs> I you said that. four. Oh, sorry. I did lie. There are only oh, three people. Geez. Sorry. Three people. And, 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 and both of you are going to listen to it. So there's really only one. Um, Ryan has to listen to it. Yeah. So if, if the people that are listening to this, how can they help you, Bruce? How can they help you, Brian? Uh, there's, you, you, you go first, Brian. Well, I mean, ultimately... It all boils down to being active politically is one thing, uh, making your voice heard and actually picking up the phone and calling instead of just sending a form email or a petition. Like the petition worked great in California this time. A lot of times they don't because they just put a filter on that blocks it or sends it into a folder and it's just nothing. Um, so making that, that noise vocally, you know, but ultimately it all comes down to being able to lobby, legislate, fight a ballot initiative or a lawsuit. It comes down to money. It comes down to joining an organization like the Sportsman's Alliance or SCI or whoever is advocating for these things. Oh, Blood Origins. Yeah. Blood, blood Origins. Origins. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I mean, Rocky Mountain Oak Foundation. Yep, 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 all of them. Habitat work. We, they partner with us on the grizzlies and the wolves and things like that. You got to become an advocate on the legal side, not just the habitat side, not just where you can see the benefit of harvesting a nice bull or a buck or taking a turkey. You have to be an advocate on this side that you don't see it. You know, it's like having insurance. You have to buy the insurance and pay in to protect yourself. I'd, I'd add to that that I think it'd be wise of you to be an educated advocate yes. in that that you know what you're saying, you know that it's the truth, and you know where to point people. Yeah. Uh, That's what I try to do. Because that could be even worse, right? If you're, not, if you're uneducated and you start spouting something and 
it's all of a sudden going, whoa, 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 you're doing more damage now. Yeah. Than yeah. what we intended you to do. That is huge, you know, and that's part of what we try to do with our, you know, monthly magazine is educate. Our oh, and it's a great magazine. I love, I got the COVID edition. Issue. Yeah. Should be around here somewhere. Yeah, look here. See? Yeah, there we go. Love COVID sports and lines. Bah! You didn't send him the signed special edition? Bruce, I don't have one with your signature on it, my friend. We'll have to get you one. <laughs> but yeah, we try to educate and give our audience the facts, the boiled down facts that, you know, here's this big argument that you're going to see on social media. Here's the meat of it. And here's how you rebut that. Here, here's the answer to that, that will either shut them down or change their mind, or at least make them question, you know, and it's not always the person you're going, you're talking to. It's the person that's lurking and watching that then becomes educated and starts. hundred percent. It's all about the person who's watching. Yes. Bruce, any final words? I just want to add to what Brian said. Sean Curran, who, who used to be at the Sportsman's Alliance, said there was three things. It was your method, your passion, uh, and there was one more. And, and I totally agree with him. And any, any hunter conservationist, as, as, as we like to call it, that is a term that Brian uh, came up with, should, should be involved in three things, and that's their passion. So if you're a white-tailed deer hunter, you should be a member of, of a white-tailed white group. Your method, if you are a compound bow hunter, then ATA is your folks, or rifle, however you do it. But then the third group should be the group that's fighting for you. And I like to tell people the big, well, sportsmen, we don't discriminate against anyone. We fight for everyone's right to hunt, fish, and trap, okay? A lot of other groups are just as important but they focus on one or two things, right? It's either habitat or, or whatever their issue be. You should join them too. Um, but we fight for everyone and anyone. It doesn't matter to us. That's why I said we don't discriminate. And, and so here's the pitch, right? So everyone says, oh, you just want us to join. You want our $35 as the single member level, blah, blah. Well, let's cut through the chase, right? Every organization needs money. So yes, the $35 is important. But what's more important is membership. And let me tell you why membership is important to me. This is, this is my selfish plug on the government affairs. When there is an issue in New Mexico, and let's say Sportsman's Alliance has 15,000 members in the state of New Mexico, we can hammer the hell out of legislators with 15,000 people in the state of New Mexico, and it matters to them. Kind of gets to what Brian said a little bit on the Sometimes the petitions, you, they might send in 250,000 signatures, but any smart legislator is going to look at that and say, well, how many of these people are even in my state, number one? Number two, how many are my constituents, right? So to me, why, why should anyone join the Sportsman's Alliance? We're that, we're that third group that we fight for everyone, right? We, we don't care. It doesn't matter to us. If they want to try to take away your right, we're going to fight it. But number two is the sheer army army mentality of power, power of the people, right? If, if you've got 2 million nationwide members, okay, you're going to be able to make a difference when right. New Mexico or the state of New York or the state of Massachusetts has an issue. Uh, we call all of our partners and we can get our membership involved as well. So joining the Sportsman's Alliance is a lot more than just sending a check and getting a hat. There's way more to it. And, you know, folks go on our website right now, sportsmansalliance.org, and look at the stories we're working on, the pieces of legislation all across the country. They can look at our past work. You know, one of the things that, uh, you know, we've been known for, for since the 70s when we started is the, is the federal lawsuits, grizzlies, wolves, right? That's, that stuff's all cyclical. It's coming back. We're going to be involved. APHA, Alaska Preserves, we won that case in June. Uh, we're getting the, the uh, I, I call them guardians of the woolly gophers. I don't know what they're just one of these groups. Uh, they're suing to, to have that rule overturned. Uh, we fought in courts for that. And basically we won. Basically the, the rule was the state of Alaska has the right to manage their own right. game. Winner. And they right. even have a strict uh, rule in their constitution when it was written, a, a deal with the federal government. And, and they're going after that. So um, 
check us out. Just literally Absolutely. go to our website, check us out, listen to your podcast. Absolutely. You know? No, I think, look, you guys are good friends of mine and good friends of Blood Origins. And I really, really appreciate what you do because I think what I love about it is how we started is that it doesn't matter who's against hunting. If you're against it, we're against you. Blue or red, doesn't matter, you know? So uh, I really appreciate you, Brian and Bruce. Uh, you guys fight. As you say, you stick your shoulder behind the stone every day and you push the stone up the hill every day. We push the stone up the hill every day. And uh, yeah, I know what you feel. I know how it feels and we do it because we love it and we know what it means to us. So I appreciate both of you. Yeah, thank you for having us on and uh, thank you for the work you're doing reaching the non-hunters with uh, original stories and messaging that uh, is making a difference globally. So I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. See ya. Yeah. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.